the offseason. We really kick it back and throw up a Corona or something. Well, I don't know. It's funny. It's a side-by-side of absolute horror of what could potentially go wrong in the offseason. Yeah. And super fun expectations because everybody's in first place right now. Sure. I mean, look, the odds for the Super Bowl came out. It's Let's Go Duffalo, uh, the Odyssey Up Raving Get Your Podcast. He's Ryan Duffy. Hi. My name's Pat Duffy. We are back after, what, a two and a half week hiatus? Yeah, give or take. You know, see the a family, so. yeah. right? Go on a little uh, vacation. We did neither of those things. I've gotten my uh, 600 hours of sleep in. Now I'm ready to get back to work. Good for Part you because I've got no sleep. The odds for uh, Super Bowl favorites came out. I believe the Bills were fourth. Yeah. Tied with the Detroit Lions for Super Bowl favorites. Uh, which was, is not something anyone ever expected to say ever yeah, prior to the season. No, true that. But you could have said the same thing about the Bills five years ago sure. when they started showing up on the Super Bowl odds list. The teams in front of them in the AFC, the Chiefs at one, or excuse mm-hmm. me, Chiefs at two, mm-hmm. Ravens were in there, then comes Buffalo. Yep. I believe the only team outside of the AFC uh, in front of Buffalo, San Francisco. Yep. So if the Bills played in the NFC, they may be the uh, NFC conference champion leaders in the clubhouse yeah, especially much. after the way that san francisco looked in that super bowl yeah so we haven't spoken since the super bowl that sucked i hate it every second of it we have not talked one time well i meant like as the I show know what you stupid. meant i know what you meant you goofball i was you know it was funny i know we're two weeks past and we'll touch on it real quick because it kind of bleeds into what we're going to talk about in the first segment here but I was driving to work the next the morning after the super bowl mm-hmm. trying to figure out the how the worst day of the year <laughs> yeah i'm telling you we're three worst days of the year Day after the Super Bowl, December 26th and May 13th. I like December 26th now as an adult because all the chaos of getting ready for Christmas and like getting it done is over. It's just like, ah, yeah, but you don't just sit there in the sh- sit there in the shower just like <laughs> I got to hold 364 days until I get to celebrate that again. First off, I know that you can't sit in the shower. Lies. There's no way you fit in your bathtub sitting down. Oh, you are so there funny. Is no, no, I'm You're just, just a joke. so funny. I wash myself with a rag on a stick. <laughs> No, I, I sometimes will, you know, meander in the in the bathtub. If, if you were to sit down in the bathtub, your wife would need a big, long wooden stick to get you out of it. You're just you're just a ball of laughs. Nice. It really makes that sound. Too. I'm driving it's more to, like streaks. I'm driving to work the day after the Super Bowl, trying to figure out how a Super Bowl that almost went into double overtime mm-hmm. was boring and sucked. Because mm-hmm. that's that that somehow happened. You see Usher, though. Usher, I did enjoy Usher. Usher crushed it. He crushed her. He crushed her. <laughs> I watched Usher with you. Yeah. Yeah, he you watched did. Usher. I've, honestly, I completely blacked out. I was in tunnel vision the entire time. It was so great. I'm sorry. That, that halftime show was awesome. He was on roller skates. Yeah, he was skating and singing. Come on. Like, I remember when I saw the roller skaters, I was like, that's cool. But there's no way they're going to put Usher on. Oh, my God. Usher's on roller skates. So you have determined... That one man that was on that field after the Super Bowl was over, holding up the trophy, the MVP, mm-hmm. has now become a supervillain in Bill's history. I, I wouldn't even just say it, definitely in Bill's history, but I would say across the NFL. No, I agree with you there, but let's stick with the Bill's thing, considering we are a Bill-centric podcast sure. here. Uh, so Patrick Mahomes is now on your Mount Rushmore of Bill's all-time villains? Oh, yeah, 100%. So why this year all of a sudden? Because you were lukewarm on Patrick Mahomes before the season started. Before the season, st- like, you what do you mean? Hate what him. do you mean, lukewarm? You didn't hate him. Oh no, I didn't hate him. I mean, there was a respect there, and don't get me wrong. I guess the respect will always. I, uh, by the be way, I love how I love how you say that. Like, you know, like 
Patrick Mahomes is going to listen to this and be like, well, at least he respects right, me. What's going to talk about? What's there to respect Patrick Mahomes for? Who cares? Oh, just the athletic prowess and the fact that the like, athletic he's... prowess. Have you seen him run run ever in the world? Yeah, he runs like his shoelaces his, are tied together. His hips hit both uh, hash marks as he's running <laughs> down center of the field. Um, no, I mean obviously he has what is it now three Super Bowls in five years in his in, throughout his career. Okay. You know, um, you know the, the the last how he's never not. Ended the season outside of the never AFC Championship. Never not. His season has never ended prior Always to never, this, that champ, the conference championship. Never, game. never baby champ. I mean, obviously, <laughs> shut up. Like, obviously, like his his accolades on the field speak for themselves. Okay, so what about the actions of Mahomes this season has made him now a super villain for Bills history in your mind? For me personally, and yes. we talked about it the last time we we spoke. Um, the moment. After he took the first knee when they could uh, run the clock out in high or in, in Orchard Park, yeah, when he turned around and st- did like the give me some more, like give me the hate kind of uh, like you know gesture, uh, that for me solidified it. So like, now, okay, he's a super this villain. dude's done, I'm out of here, let's find his address so we know now where not to go to visit him <laughs> because we don't want to see him. Um, yeah, that was for me was the moment. And then followed it up by that stupid locker room. They asked for it. They asked. They wanted. They wanted it. <laughs> I mean, and like, what makes it worse is like it's easy to hate someone for stuff on the field. It's the off the field stuff too. Now all of a sudden, it's starting to make him a douchebag. Like his wife is just insufferable. Yeah, insufferable. His brother is a terrible human being. Hey, his wife may be insufferable, and his brother may be a terrible human being, but. What was the third thing you said? Uh, his dad was arrested <laughs> for his second DWI the that's, week of the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's, that's I love how that's the one sensitive point where you're like, uh, everything around him sucks. Well, dude, okay, but like, okay, your brother's a moron. Okay, your brother's a moron. Your wife is is un- super annoying and disrespectful. I mean, honestly, dude, I don't mean to bring the show down, but like, if your dad's suffering with alcoholism, like, dude, come on, like, that's that's gotta suck. Don't get behind the wheel of a car. Oh, of course. And by the way, I completely identify with the moron brother and the dad that's an issue thing. The only thing I can't wrap my head around is the wife that's annoying. Right, right. Oh, you're saying I'm wrong? Right. You're saying I'm wrong? Uh, stop winking at me. <laughs> stop winking at me. What? What's? Why are you Why are you putting your hands across? I love how you're neck? doing the neck across thing, trying to say I'm doing the neck cross. What does that say on that? Shut up. Why does? Why do you write shut up on a blank piece of paper? By the way, I love how if my wife hears this and believes it, we have nowhere to do the podcast anymore. <laughs> you think I'm getting the house, you coming, idiot? Coming to you live from outside. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So if we go down the list of all times, Bill supervillains. So we're gonna run through. We'll run it one. What do I do? What do I do? It. We'll run it one through four, a Mount Rushmore style. Okay. Give me a number. That right now, in the history of the franchise, Mahomes fits one through four as the ultimate. And you had a name for it, too, because I know you're all excited about mm-hmm. it. A Bill supervillain would be a... A villain. I hate you so much. Very bellonious uh, assault. Villainous. Uh, it's dumb, but we'll go with it. Villain. Who's the number one villain in the history of the Bills franchise? A number one, I think, has to be Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady? Right. 100% it has to be Tom Brady. Okay, so, I mean, he was the worst... And what makes that story even worse is it comes completely by accident, right? Like, I mean, look, he, you know, the, the record he has against Buffalo, the arrogance, the fact that all the stuff he did off the field was just super annoying and obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is amazing to me with Brady's story as much as it gets told. No one ever talks about how he only got the job due to injury. 
And it's a fact. Like, it's an indisputable fact. They were not going to bench Drew Bledsoe, a first overall pick, with Bill Belichick in his second season, the record they had at the time. He was not going to sit down a first overall pick. His job was in jeopardy. He already made that mistake with Bernie Kosar in Cleveland and mm-hmm. was run out of town for it. Like, right. I'm not trying to take anything away from Tom Brady's career. Obviously, right. you can't. But it's entirely possible that if Drew Bledsoe finishes that game and finishes that season, we never hear Tom Brady's name. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, don't like, obviously, he didn't win six Super Bowls because Drew Bledsoe got hurt. No, I get it, yes. Like, he, you know, he very easily could have laid an egg. He could have Bailey Zappied. He took advantage of an opportunity. Of I'm course. I'm not saying that he didn't. And obviously has the athletic prowess and mental fortitude, all the Yeah, no, the again, Tom Brady, when you see him take off running, you go, wow, that's an athlete. I think you're missing my point. No, I'm not. I'm I not think, missing your point no, at you all. Are, look, look at my face. Look at my face. I see your point. If he didn't go in for Bledsoe's exploded spleen, mm-hmm. it is very possible that we never know the name Tom Brady, let alone have him be a starter in the NFL. I completely agree with you. And it also makes you wonder how many backup quarterbacks in the NFL, if put in the right spot at the right time, could have done what Brady did. Because we watched Kurt Warner do it, not mm-hmm. to the extent that Brady did it. Yeah. But Kurt Warner was a guy, same thing. I mean, he played one year at Northern Iowa, goes undrafted, arena football, NFL Europe, third-string quarterback in Green Bay, backup quarterback in St. Louis, Mark Bolger, was it Bolger? Yeah, it was Bolger. Goes, no, 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 it was Trent Green goes down. Are you sure? Bolger came after. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Trent Green goes down, and all of a sudden, he's the greatest quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, at that time. I mean, yes. he's in Canton now, right? I mean, I mean he, that, that's nuts, right? That's he's nuts in, that Kurt, he's I know. in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he's not a Hall of Famer. It's just insane to think. With Again, that story, if Trent Green doesn't get hurt, we never know who Kurt Warner is. It's funny. That, like, I would really love to know the actual percentage of, like, let's just say for for just any any backup quarterback that goes in mid-game for their first start, whatever the case is. Now, by the way, just to be fair, with uh, Warner, he started the home opener because I believe Trent Green was hurt in the preseason. Oh, okay. But go on. Yeah. Um, I would love to know like how many start or like how, how far past like five games, let's just say a backup that goes in mid game or has their first start mid game due to injury, whatever the case mm-hmm. performance, whatever that they're, they play past five games That's or they good. start an additional five. Cause that, like five is just off the top of my head. But like, of course, like we see like the, uh, Tommy DeVito's and the Josh Dobbs is and the Josh Dobbs is Dobbs. Dobbs. Dobbs, is, Dobbs I, I think is how it's, uh, gotcha. pluralized. Um, but like those examples and you have countless of them throughout the last 20, well, there were 66 NFL quarterbacks that took snaps this year this this year was definitely an anomaly for it uh, It wasn't actually because there were more last year than 66 really? i think there were two more i think it was 68 last year maybe just because it was so high profile i know i think it's because that defensive players are so big and scary now you, these quarterbacks can't stay healthy but which uh, i mean knock on wood credit to josh allen sure but you were saying but yeah i mean it, i guess it feels more prominent maybe because like literally Opening weekend, Aaron Rodgers is his eyes. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' uh, right. Rajai. Uh, his Gift Achilles <laughs> literally tears in half. But anyway, I guess like the five games is just like my my off the top of the head. Like, you know, are, do you actually have long term success as like a backup quarter? Because because your point, I completely agree with. There, it is entirely plausible that if Drew Bledsoe never gets hurt, Tom Brady continues to sit on the bench, it continues to take years off of his and not get mental or physical reps. Well, I mean, for that bro, I mean, he was the third string quarterback going into that season. Yeah. It's possible that they draft another quarterback the next year. He gets released and having no game tape, nobody picks him up. Hundred percent agree, man. Like it's it's entirely possible, and I think that. 
um, to me at least, like any time like a Jeff Tool or a Thad Lewis the third. Jeff Tool, by the way, almost the first quarterback in NFL history undrafted to start a home opener as a rookie. Mm-hmm. But go on. Um, a Joe Webb the third. A lot of thirds uh, came in to be uh, backup quarterback. Name another. Bills. Um, Jim Kelly, the third. Shut up, you idiot. There's literally a single third, and you did not have to say a lot of thirds. Joe, um, Joe Kemp, the third. Jack, Jack Kemp? No, Joe Kemp. So Joe Kemp's brother, brother. older brother, who was the third. He's the oldest. Joseph was a family name. But my point is that, like, you know, I, I feel like I always have a little sense of optimism whenever you get those people, and because of the outliers. But the reality is, like, the likelihood that that's going to be long-term success for that person coming in well, who yeah. did not win the job sure. out of camp or, or you know, is is just on the roster for uh, whatever reason, not like their, their you know, athletic prowess. Um, yeah, there's always a little bit of optimism, no. but I'm always hit right in the face with the reality. There's a reason why they say the backup quarterback's the most popular guy in town. And, I mean, up until Josh Allen got here, that was 100% the case in Buffalo because it was like clockwork, six games, seven games in every year. Let's see Cardale Jones. Let's, let's see, see what Cardale's got. Let's see what Nate Peterman's got. <laughs> let's, let's, let's see what he's got there. Over and over. I mean, that's another example, right? Nate Peterman is a guy who was thrust into a situation thinking they found a gem and wah, 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 wah. Dude, honestly, though, like, I mean, has he thrown a, a, a hear me out, though. If if he was not, it, I, I don't if think he didn't but, throw five interceptions in the first well, yeah, half. Well, yeah, you're kidding me. No, I'm 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 serious. Like if you have one poor game, it's the same. I think it's the same argument of like, hear me out. If I think it's a similar argument of like if you never get on the field or you have a terrible uh, showing in yeah. or a terrible tape. Like who's to say that in a different system? And and I say all this because. How many picks has Nate Peterman thrown outside of Buffalo? Um, he hasn't played outside of Buffalo. He's been on rosters. Ryan, you okay. If that Chargers game mm-hmm. was the only tape he had at Buffalo, fine. Yeah. But then there was the game in Atlanta yep. where he threw, came in immediately threw two interceptions when the Bills had the lead and they yep. lost it. Then there was opening day the next the year Ravens. when he was yep. the starter against the Ravens sure. where he threw so many interceptions. Josh Allen, who had been an NFL player for literally 30 minutes, was the <laughs> starter and never looked back. John, uh, Nate Peterman is the worst example to use. I think it's. It, I think there is some kind of corollary. No, there. that like. I mean, who's to say that Nate Peterman, because of the horrible performance that he had against San Diego, that and and honestly, like at the continued poor performance from there, because he did have some flashes. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Maybe a single Nate Peterman play that stands out in your head. The the touchdown play in uh, uh, Texas. No, oh. in in uh, Texas in uh, in Houston. To Zay Jones right before he threw a second interception <laughs> for uh, for six going the other way, or or was it? Uh, there was another game where like he came in to spell Tyrod like halfway through the game, and or was it the Saints? I think it was the Saints. We were no. getting blown out by the Saints at home, and Nate Peterman came in to play a little bit. Now, granted, again, you know they're up by forty. Are you you're, you're not serious? I'm not, I'm not serious. You're not serious. serious right now, but but you you're not understanding, and no, maybe I, I'm not articulating my point enough. What? It's I, like there are thing there are circumstances. In these cases that like, because uh, I'm just saying Nate Peterman plays a horrible, horrible game that's in his head now. And he's scared to throw certain passes. Oh, that's probably what it is. Uh, how can it Wait, not be? He was scared of those certain passes because he kept throwing them. He could have thrown 40 picks. 
And he only threw seven. That, that's the accomplishment? Okay. Going back to the discussion, right. the Mount Rushmore of Billings. So Nate Peterman's number four <laughs> on might that. Be, might <laughs> Honestly, be. yeah. Okay, so is Brady more of a villain than Patrick Mahomes in your mind right now? Yes. Okay, so right now we're Brady one, yep. Mahomes two. I don't know about that. Wait, you think Mahomes is more villain than Brady? No, I think that I don't think Mahomes is number two. Give me, give me another villain then. Uh, well, if I'm pulling out my Bills history, yeah. I think Don Shula is on there for sure. Okay, I vehemently disagree with you on this. One. Why? What makes Don Shula a villain, dude? the The Dolphins ruled the AFC East for from the early '80s and for ten years. Okay, so. When it comes to games that matter, because you're right, the Dolphins won a whole bunch of games. There was a, that long win streak, right, sure. where Buffalo couldn't beat them. But in that time, they made a single Super Bowl, and they lost to the 49ers. When Kelly got here, the Bills dominated Miami. I mean, the games were great. Miami never beat the Bills in the playoffs with Jim Kelly at quarterback and Don Shula really? as the head coach. I didn't yeah. know that. When, when, would they, when would they have? Yeah, fair enough. I, I guess I just never really sat down to think The about Bills that. beat them in the AFC Championship. They beat them at home. They beat them on the road. My, I mean, Miami was always second banana. They would win the division, and the Bills, as a wild card, would beat them in the playoffs. Once Jim Kelly got there, I agree, and once the Bills had a really talented roster. But my point in bringing him up here is that if you think about it, the Bills were entirely irrelevant for the the for a long period of Don Shula's tenure. Yeah, but the Dolphins weren't able to do anything with that dominance in the AFC. So you think that if there's no success outside of the division that makes them less of a villain well, to the Bills? Only because I'm less of a villain, excuse me. Yes, only because it's not remembered. Like I think the reason why Mahomes is such a villain is because they've won Super Bowls. I think the reason why Brady was such a villain, not only because he tortured buffalo but because you had to watch him hold the trophy over his head over and over and over again with miami nobody talks about those miami teams in the mid 80s they talk about dan marino they yeah. don't talk about shula's coaching prowess because let's be real here if he had the coaching prowess he had arguably the greatest quarterback of his generation in dan marino and you couldn't beat buffalo the after 1986 shula was the coach for the undefeated season right yes so maybe that just stands out a little bit and i get and now that, now that i think about it a little bit like you do have a good point like if the patriots couldn't get past the divisional or even the afc championship game i don't think i would hate i would have as much hatred toward tom brady yeah. as i would because actually i would take solace in the idea of like ha, you suck you know, <laughs> you can't get paid. You can't win the big one. Way to go, Tommy. I would argue that Jim Kelly is more of a villain to Don Shula than Don Shula is to the Bills franchise. It's an interesting thought. Because, again, look at that talent, and you could not get past Buffalo. Yeah. Okay, so throw me another one if it's not Don Shula. What? No, what do you what do? You throw talking? me another villain. If Don Shula, I don't think Don Shula's on that list. I don't think he even makes the top four okay. of villains of all well, time. Here's, well, I would say Bill and Belichick. Okay, Belichick is definitely on there. Right. But but also too, like is it is it kind of cheating that we have because for the same reasons well, no, for Brady. I, I think that the Belichick well I mean the part of the same reasons, but I think Belichick is completely different only because of the long history. He has multiple team villainy with the Bills. Hmm. Not only we all know about New England, we just talked about it. He was also the defensive coordinator for that Giants team that beat the Bills in the first Super Bowl. His defensive game plan is in the Hall of Fame right now. Okay, real quick before we move on, I just want to make sure I put some, uh, like, either copyright or trademark. When the Bills do win, you know, five consecutive uh, NFL championships, mm -hmm. I I want everyone to be clear here that I am coining and trademarking the term Buffalo Billings, okay? Because if they become the the, the villain, 
to the wider NFL. Yeah. I just want I want to make sure that I'm credited properly. Ian Rapport, you can't uh, Adam Schefter. Okay, as as created by Ryan Duffy of the Let's Go ex- executive producer and co-host of the Let's Go Duffy podcast. So let's go back. Their, to, Twitter's going to have to increase their character limit. Let's go back to the discussion we were having. You have him blocking the Bills from winning that Super Bowl 25. Yep. You have him blocking the Bills from having any success in the AFC East. And really, it's not him. We find out it's Brady the entire time. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And, I, and, and he was cheating the whole time. He was cheating the whole time. He's a terrible cheat. And gets caught and nothing happens to him. perfectly fine. It doesn't matter. And by the way, he had a hatred for this Bills team. He takes unnecessary shots at Marv out of nowhere that end up blowing up in his face 15, 20 years later. But you were saying, I'm sorry. No, I was sorry. No, was sorry. It looks like he's got ants eating his shirt. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Yeah, I, I think for, if, for, if, 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 if the... Admittance of Tom Brady on the Mount Rushmore of villains villains negates the Patriots' prowess for Bill Belichick on the same Mount Rushmore for the for no other reason than the Super Bowl loss to the Giants. Bill Belichick deserves to be on. That. Okay, so who's one? Is it Belichick? No, I think Brady's so number Brady, one. Brady, then Belichick, then Mahomes, then Mahomes, and then I would say Don Shula. So who's our four? Shula's not on that. That's, well, you're asking me my round rusher. You can you come up with an idea, well, Mister Smart it. Pants? That's just it. I couldn't think of a fourth head because like you brought up Troy Aikman before we started the oh, show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think Troy Aikman's a villain. I don't think Troy Aikman was the sixth most talented player on that Cowboys team. He's one of the most undeserving Pro Football Hall of Famers of all time. Wow, don't tell that to Joe Buck for every introduction to every game they ever call. No, I bet you Joe Buck, like, if, if I, like, met him and we were having, like, a meal together, he'd be like, hey, you know, Troy Aikman should be in the Hall of Fame. Look, I'm Troy Buck. That's the Hall of Famer asterisk Troy, uh, Troy Aikman. It's weird. Troy Buck, huh? Troy, what did I say? I said Troy Buck. Did I say Troy? Oh, gosh. Let me take that again. Three. Two. Statistically, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick has the same career as Troy Aikman without the Super Bowl win. Okay. But I'm saying, like, I don't think he's a Mount Rushmore villain. And that's what's weird is you look back in the heartbreak of Bill's history. I mean, you could use individual moments where, you know, Frank Wycheck, who throws the Fair. forward pass as a villain, but it's one example yeah. of something happening, right? Like, yeah. you could use a Bills player. You could put Scott Norwood up there, but he was a good kicker for the Bills for years and years and years. I don't, I wouldn't do that. What if it was just, you know, if we're looking, so visual, think of this, the Mount Rushmore, it's Tom Brady's head and then Bill Belichick or Patrick Mahomes, Bill Belichick. And then just like a zoomed out photo of like Frank Wycheck throwing the ball ahead of whoever caught the ball. Kevin Dyson. I don't Kevin Dyson. Like just, but like that, like whole thing. It's like, that's the final route Mount Rushmore, but, but I'm just, I'm I just saying just the funny. I, I agree with you. Um, as far as Troy Aikman's concerned, I mean, I think he deserves some kind of mention because of the, the bills losses to the Cowboys. Um, maybe it doesn't sting as my, I, I don't know, but he doesn't, he doesn't invoke any emotion in me. How about this? What about, if we're, if we're talking, you know, internal at two Brute, Doug Whaley. I like Doug Whaley. I thought I think Doug Whaley was too smart for his own good, and I think Doug Whaley got put in over his head. I think Doug Whaley was an honest man who said things in public he should not have said. Like the fact that, the fact that he wasn't privy to conversations that were happening around him as the general manager I, of the team. I believe that. I believe that there were people keeping things from him. So so instead of like covering making something up whatever the case he was just honest with the media yeah, so and that's what bit him in the, in the I, I, look and i say this having you know i was we were at you were not privy to those conversations we were broadcasting live from bill's camp uh as the break room when he was the general manager there and we would sit with him at least once a year and talk and the guy was very honest and open i mean he had a comment one time where he had said human beings aren't designed to play the game of football 
Hmm. And he caught massive blowback. He's right. It's the real. I mean, you don't say that as an NFL GM. But Why did he catch flack for that? Well, because he was calling the game dangerous. Oh. And that was right around the concussion time, and people flipped out about it. Oh. I really do believe. I don't think Doug Whaley was a good general manager. Mm-hmm. I do believe that he caught a raw deal in Buffalo. Okay. So yeah, I don't enough, look at him enough. as a villain. I mean, I, I Doug Marone. Ooh, that's a good one. But then again, him leaving actually helped us. It did. <laughs> but it's still good. But it feels good. I don't think there's a fourth head. Unless you want to tweet or you can get us at Instagram, on TikTok, yeah. uh, at let's.go.duffalo. Who's yeah. the fourth head on the Bills villainy of Mount Rushmore? Right. I don't. Yeah, I, I think that I, I love the idea of there being somebody internal, you know? Like, there's a traitor amongst us. Vontae Davis? <laughs> <laughs> he actually did us a favor, too. Well, I tell you what, I mean, depending on what happens with this guy's career moving forward, maybe this will be the fourth villain. Ooh. Villain, if you will. Because, look, man, Bill's fan base is torn in half, and some fans, period, are torn in half not knowing how to feel. Because on one hand, this guy was supposed to be the next big thing. He was going to push this offense over the top and get us that Super Bowl championship, and he never got to the expectations we had for him. But on the other hand, for where he was, he far exceeded the expectations that you should have. Mm. And it looks like he's gone after what he did this week. We'll talk about the curious case of Gabe Gabe Davis. And we'll do it next. Let's go Duffalo. The Odyssey app. I beat your podcast. to reckon as a Bills fan watching this team the last couple of years because this was supposed to be the guy. Mm. He was going to be that guy that when you needed a play, he went and got it for you because he had a history and big moments of going and getting that play for you. And when the team decided we're going to make you that guy we're going to rely on you to do that, he wasn't there. Mm. But there were reasons why potentially. Mm. And mm-hmm. he could have more opportunity. Mm. Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey. I probably get your podcast. He's Ryan Duffy. Hi. My name is Pat Duffy. Uh, we are back after the little hiatus. Uh, so that means we have all of our regular stuff we have to get to, right? There's no games to talk about, but I'm sure lots of things made you sad. Sure. Oh, gee, this sure. is going to be the worst of all of them because you don't even have a game to immediately think back to. Oh, yeah, because because the only thing I need to be sad in life is, is the football season. Please, so, I have a litany of things. Like that time you got stuck trying to sit down in the bathtub? That didn't happen. That didn't happen. I got out with ease. So we'll get to what's making Ryan sad. And a former Bills coordinator gets a new job and immediately says the worst thing possible in the press conference. Did you see that audio? (laughs) No. Oh, my God. Uh, But before we get there, this week, Buffalo Bills wide receiver Gabe Davis put out an eight-minute long video on social media. Oh. Essentially saying goodbye to Buffalo and Bills fans. He just said goodbye real slow. It was like this long, like, like it's like him getting drafted and like all the big moments he had, right? And then it's like, oh, I love you guys. And it's a strange situation Mm -hmm. because word is he wants to come back to Buffalo. He would love to be a Bill forever. Who doesn't? And the Bills love him. Sure. They love him. He's a team captain. They want to have him back in the room. Mm. But this entire situation boils down to money. Mm. And they can't afford 
what another team they is, can't afford money. Well, they can't afford what another team's going to offer him. Sure, uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. And if he's smart, you know, I think like you have to go where the money is. Well, yeah, I mean, it's well, it's not really a smart thing. Well, I think at hundred. No, I definitely think it's a smart. You thing. don't have to be smart to know this much money is more than this much money. Okay, of no duh. But like, if you're talking like two talking? options, if you're talking, if you're talking you're two talking? options. Of like staying in a place that like that you're going to have less of a financial incentive, right? Sure. Regardless of how much you love it there. Yeah. Versus potentially setting your family up for like generationally. Did you really just explain that out loud? I think everybody saying. was on the same page. Were they though? Yeah. Get at us at let's not go Duffalo on TikTok Shut and Instagram. Let up. me know if you were with us. So the situation that we're in here with Gabe wanting to come back to Buffalo, the Bills wanting him wanting him back, but him probably not being here makes the situation even more strange. And Ryan, I'll ask you this. Sure. If you could have Gabe Davis back as your number two receiver next year under the cap somehow. Mm-hmm. Do you want him? I do. Why? I do want Gabe. I mean, if so, okay, for a few reasons. One, the guy was nominated or was was awarded the captainship. I know that like the captainship in in the NFL doesn't hold maybe the same weight as maybe it does in the NHL. Captain C. Captainship. He's the captain of the ship, and therefore he's given the captainship. Okay. The captainacity. I think it, like it obviously holds some weight, holds weight in the locker room. Oh, you know, so we should just we should just move Tyler Maticavich to number two receiver then? No, I don't think that at all. But my point is that he clearly holds a lot of respect among his peers to be nominated and elected to the captain taintingship. Okay, so there's one, two. He does have a very, and I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I was saying poor things about Gabe Davis's performance over like, hey, is that maybe an anomaly with the uh, you Chiefs said game. yes, you said that he wasn't a good wide receiver. I know, that game. I I understand that, but I'm going to contradict myself because it's convenient for me right now. <laughs> what I'm saying is like he does have a pretty interesting body of work of being able to get it done in tough moments. Now you can talk to last year with his injury. Definitely don't know what's going on with this year. Like if there's nothing that's come out where it's like Gabe Davis was dealing with a high ankle sprain the entire season and was like off the injury, whatever the case, like it doesn't appear that that was the case. So yeah, it is a bit of an outlier in a contract year that you wouldn't be yes, as thank you. as uh, high performing as you have shown that you are in previous seasons. And we'll come back around to that, put a pin in that for a sec. But I mean, Gabe Davis is the definition of wildly inconsistent. He yeah. is feast or famine, period, end of sentence. And here's where it gets weird. Like, you know, you're either getting 100 yards and two touchdowns or you're getting one catch for 13 yards, depending on the game. There were four games this season, Mm -hmm. four, where Gabe Davis was held without a catch. Four. Yeah. And even more strange, the Bills won three of those games. Hmm. Did you know that? I did not know that. Neither did I. So, look, I love Gabe Davis, and I love... Sounds like it. I love... The idea of what he brings, mm-hmm. right? He's a big body. He Tall can, guy. He can block. Sure He's can. one of the best blocking wide receivers in the league. He can go and get you that explosive play. The question is, will he go and get you that explosive play? The question the Bills have to figure out. What? It's like overly gassy today. Yeah, I just had a diet. Is it? What is the big body? My God. Let off some steam, literally. If you are... Now, granted, he missed that game against the Chiefs and they lost in the playoffs. He was sure. hurt for that game. Yeah. And but getting real mad on the sideline. You but, see that? He was yelling at people. Well, yeah. I mean, people were yelling at him. And granted, don't yell back. Sure. If you go... I don't know why I'm whispering. If you go 3-1 and one <laughs> in a game where he has no impact offensively, I mean, mm-hmm. sure, he was blocking. Sure, he's a distraction. Is that... <laughs> he's, a, he's behind the line of the He's like, look at me, look at me, look at me! 
I mean, do you want to bring back a guy that you went three and one when he didn't have a catch in four games? There's an argument there. Where? No, no, I'm saying there's an argument to not bring. I'm sorry to not bring him back. Okay. Like there's there's some validity to that. Like if they can get the job done without him on the field, why do you need him on the field? But he was on the field. Like that's just it. I mean, I look. I don't. I'm not an all twenty two guy. I can't break down. And nobody is. Nobody knows what right, his. You're just one guy. You're not twenty two people. Nobody who's not the offensive coordinator knows what his job is on any given play and if he did it right or wrong. It's impossible to figure out unless you're inside that meeting room. So maybe um, he, how do we have PFF grades, Patrick? Those make no sense. They don't. And thank you because I agree with you. What some some nerd with a, a, a Texas Instruments BA two plus. The fact sitting, that you said that you means you have to stop this sentence right now. It's a it's an accountant's calculator. I don't care. Okay, oh, it's financing calculator. I don't Great. Know, maybe you should check your books, but. I'm saying, like, why do I... I'm trusting you as opposed to my own eyeballs. So with Gabe Davis, he wants to be back. The Bills want him back. The money's not going to work. He has these massive plays throughout the last five years of Bills history where he legitimately has won them 10 games, Mm -hmm. right? The plays he's made has won them 10 games. Yet you're 3-1 and in games where he didn't have a catch this season. So that seems argument enough to let him walk. But then comes what makes it even more insane. I'm going to read you some numbers. Are you ready for this? Mm, Hang on. Okay, go. Gabe Davis, almost 80% of his catches in his career were for first downs. It's number one in the NFL over the last three years. What was the percentage? Almost 80% of his catches were for first downs, best in the NFL over the last three years. Almost 20% of Gabe Davis's catches. So the other of that, so the remainder of that 100% total. Were for touchdowns. So he's either scoring a first down or a touchdown on 100% of the plays. See, people are trying to follow these numbers, and you're screwing it up. Who cares about the numbers? Numbers are for nerds. Here's why. Again, listen. 80% of his catches, almost, go for first downs, number one in the NFL over the last three years amongst receivers. Mm -hmm. 20% of his catches are for touchdowns, best in the NFL among receivers over the last three years. He's top 10 in total touchdowns for receivers in the last three years. And there's way more stats like this. I could keep going, but you get my point. Hmm. When you line him up statistically against legitimate number one star receivers, T, uh, DK D- Met- D- legitimate number one Tyree receivers, Kill, like insert name, DK Metcalf, insert name. They're all up there. They're all on these <laughs> lists. And Gabe Davis is amongst all of them. Sure. Explain I it. I, I don't know. I, do, I don't it. do math, okay? Yeah, and, I don't know. Maybe just because Buffalo, but you can't really. No, leave. but like that's. I know, I know. I was just going to disagree with the word. You're going to disagree with the point that you made, you <laughs> idiot. No, but I'm saying, like, I agree with you that, like, I can't understand why he's not in that, you know, constant conversation. But maybe because, like, Buffalo is still a little bit. The roster itself, no, I say, no. It's a little bit underlooked if you're not Stefan Diggs or, or Josh Allen. What are you talking about? Wait, no, but. Well, the. What I'm getting at is there's an argument for Eric Moulds that could, he could have been a Hall of Famer and he had a legitimate quarterback with him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't a situation where Tyrod Taylor was throwing to Gabe Davis mm-hmm. and he was inconsistent or Ryan Fitzpatrick was throwing to Gabe Davis and he was inconsistent. You have arguably the best quarterback in the NFL feeding you these balls. Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the guy who I fist bumped on the way back from uh, our seats because he was sitting in our same section. Did you get a picture? Uh, Oh, what am I going to go up to Ryan Fitzpatrick with his kids and be like, hey, Ryan, can I get a picture? All I said was go Bills, and he said go Bills, and we fist bumped, and I got back to my business. The only reason you got to fist bump is because I told you he was sitting there. You didn't even see him. No, my friend who also came with us was texting me crazily saying, Ryan Fitzpatrick's in our section. Ryan Fitzpatrick's in our section. Anyway, you were saying. There was nothing that happened in Buffalo that would hold back Gabe Davis from being successful. Yeah, I, I'm and with you. by statistics... He was one of the most successful wide receivers of the last three years. Mm-hmm. 
So why didn't we get the performance that we should have out of Gabe Davis? Yeah, I I don't know. I I want I again like I don't we didn't hear anything as far as injury is concerned. Um, I could understand. I could I could see maybe if the was there a disparity between the Ken Dorsey offense with Gabe Davis and the Joe Brady offense with with Gabe Davis? You know his numbers look pretty similar between both offenses. Right. Okay. I was going to say like maybe it was because like we were running different schemes with uh you know with between different OCs you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, like if if I'd like to think that Josh Allen's going to look he does his progressions pretty well. You know he's a great quarterback. If Gabe Davis is open, yeah. Why would know. he not? I mean, he he and Gabe yeah. Davis have a history together. Four touchdown catches right. in a playoff game, for God's sake. Right. And I remember too. I don't. Oh, I shouldn't. Say, I don't know what the game was, but I remember seeing uh, an interview with Gabe Davis. I think it was like the Bills PR, or whatever the case. Like walking off the field after he had two touchdowns, or maybe he had one. T- whatever it was, he scored. Uh, and he said, like, the only reason he got the ball is because they tripled Gabe or tripled Steph Diggs. Like, and I'm sure just being him being humble, like all that stuff. But like, I I guess I've always attributed his success, obviously because prior to the season, obviously because he's a good athlete, but also because there was a lot more attention on to Stephon Diggs, and maybe maybe there was a little bit of a drop off in the overall wide receiver play to where they didn't have to put so much attention on Stephon Diggs. No, but they did. That's why Diggs got shut down. I mean, despite the fact you that... You seem to have all the answers I'm giving you, when you don't have the... When you're like, how could this happen? And I get potential options, no, and you're I'm like, telling, well, that's not it. No, I'm telling you what it is. Like, I thought that was kind of... It went without saying. Like, nobody had to say it, but you We don't argue. Things. We you, don't banter. You love to say things that don't need to be said. Like, oh, let me explain to you. Taking more money on a contract is better for your family in the long run because you can exchange money for goods and services. You want to laugh at that? Ten years ago, go query half of the NFL fan base and I guarantee you they're going to be like look at this guy going for the money doesn't blah, mean blah, blah. it's not the better thing to do for your career mm-hmm. alright with all of this information we've just dumped on everybody sure no do one's you, paying attention do you consider Gabe Davis a disappointment no absolutely not no no two Dis- year, disappointment two years ago coming out of that game against Kansas City because don't forget the year before, he had those two catches going into halftime against the Colts that won the Bills that game in that first home playoff game they've had in forever. Yep. Right? Yeah. That season, he has a dynamite run. He's he's hit or miss, but he's the third wide receiver. You're behind Stephon Diggs and Beasley and all those guys, right? Yeah. You have those four touchdown catches in Kansas City. This is your time to step forward. Mm-hmm. You don't consider from that moment to right now a disappointment of Gabe Davis. Um, a disappointment in a sense that like that there was a drop off and that like oh I thought what he you had could this. he have been what he what you expected him to be versus what he's been in the loosest terms I, just disappointment seems so harsh you know there was he did not hit the expectation so I guess by definition at that point yes what but I was just thinking this too what about the emergence of Dalton Kincaid. What about did, it? Did Dalton, did Dalton Kincaid and his presence on the field take away potential tar? I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I really don't know. Okay, but like you know, there were, there were balls that were thrown to Gabe Davis that he just straight up just couldn't, couldn't catch. Yeah. And and Dalton Kincaid wasn't here last season. That's a good point. Well, he was technically yes because we're in the offseason of 2020. No, shut <laughs> up. semantics. Because like he's a fourth rounder, he's a day three pick. So yeah. in that way, in that definition, he's not a disappointment at all. You got way more than you should have. That's out a of good a fourth point. rounder. That's a good point. You know, but, but Steph Diggs is a fifth rounder. Sure, right. So like, <laughs> if we go by that, right, he's a disappointment standing next to the fifth round guy who outperformed the hell out of him as the number one receiver. Listen, Patrick, it's not an exact science. I don't think if I'm if if you're talking about the difference between 
last season or 2022 and 2023, of course, it's a disappointment for Gabe Davis. If I'm saying Gabe Davis's, uh, you know, tenure with the Bills, if he doesn't resign, he's not resigning. Oh, I'm just saying, but if he doesn't, he won't. <laughs> Um, I don't want to say that his time in Buffalo was a disappointment. So, well, how, okay. Give, he exceeded expectations. Okay. He exceeded expectations. Yeah. And then couldn't live up to, and couldn't continue <laughs> he to. Exceeded it, I mean, expectations it's a, it's a, that he could live up to. It's the Peter principle. It's extremely common. You know, like it's, it's actually a tale as old as time song, as old as rhyme beauty and the beast. Here's where it gets weird. He's going to get paid. Sure. There is going to be an NFL team that sees the explosive plays that he makes, his big body, the big catches and big moments, and they're going to pay him more than he's worth. Paid Davis. And who's to say he doesn't reward them with a solid rest of his career? Sure. Right? Because we can't sit here and say he doesn't have it in him. We've seen him do it before. Of course, yeah. And it's not like the Bills are just letting him walk, right? Like, they legitimately can't afford what his open market value is going to be. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's say he does go to Atlanta or Chicago or wherever and pops off. It's not like even, like, the Bills would have screwed up and not resigning him. yeah you know what i'm saying yeah i'm i, I completely agree. like this isn't a london fletcher situation no this isn't like a they chose to let him walk kind of situation like they straight up cannot afford the the level of of compensation that his play has garnered for his next contract except it hasn't it has if no, you're looking I mean, at the hasn't. full body of work where okay well then then at that point i'll let the free market decide that like if if atlanta is going to go out and pay him what they feel he's worth i mean there's 31 other teams that are going to put a value on every free agent look i mean every year there's a wide receiver that is overly hyped okay overly hyped and overly paid and i think that's gabe davis you think so yes 100 percent. oh interesting he's built like the guy that you want and again he's got these flash plays on tape where it's like hey man we could harness that if we could figure out how to let him do that every game he's going to be the guy who pushes over the top. So do you think he's a number one somewhere else? Do you think he's a number one in Atlanta? I don't think so. I don't think he's a number two because he had his most success as the number three wide receiver. Yeah. I don't know if someone pays him to be a number one, but they could pay him to be a 1A, high two. Hmm. All right, let me ask you this before we move on. Sure. Because you, you know, you go, I am happy for him. Go get your money. You yeah, know? go get paid. You know, you can exchange the money. Paid for- real Davis. Yeah. If he signs in Kansas City, do you hate him? Oh, yeah, of course. Why? Dead to me. Why? Oh, what if they offer him the most money? Well, if they offer him the most money, you, you know, can go exchange with money God. for goods and services. Sure, of course. You know, go with God. Do your thing. I hate it. I'm happy for you, but I hate oh, you're it. Oh, hate, you're happy for him. You don't I'm hate, happy for him. You wouldn't hate being. Gabe Davis. You wouldn't hate Gabe Davis for signing I would the hate, I would hate the idea of Gabe Davis. Here comes number 13 next year, coming to Buffalo, big old red helmet with his uh, white jersey, catching touchdown passes from Patrick Mahomes, uh, passes that he was dropping to ensure wins in Buffalo. You would, wouldn't hate him. Oh, it would hurt so bad. Oh, and then, and then when he scores, he looks up here at all you know, those fans right near our section. He's doing the hands thing, too, giving me hate, 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 hate. Bring the hate down. Oh, man. You know I'm getting sick to my stomach just thinking. About oh, what happened? You go for you, man. Go for you, Gabe. Yeah, I can. I can make I a distinction. Like this. The dude's just doing oh, his job. He's doing his job. And he put out an eight. If Patrick oh. Mahomes, if Patrick Mahomes, prior to the divisional round game, put out an eight-minute video saying how much he loved Buffalo and mm-hmm. how great it was. Thank you for coming to the game. And then did the give me more thing. It would be a different story. I'm gonna. Gabe rem- Davis is here. He has roots here. The, the Bills drafted him. He's clearly very thankful and grateful for the opportunity that he was given and what he earned for himself. I will remind you of that if the scenario we painted It would happens. suck. It would absolutely suck. You would hate him. You would hate him more than anything in the world and you know it. Whatever. You know it. Let the hate wash over you. Gabe Davis would be on the Mount Rushmore then. We'll, we'll take this up at the end of next season.
Uh, we're going to figure out what's making Ryan sad as he scrambles and panics. And, uh, 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 oh, no. Just oh, like that. What am I doing? What's the show? And uh, there are two guys, one that's still in Buffalo, one with Buffalo ties, that are getting fresh starts as offensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. And one of them may have said the worst possible thing he could have. First thing out of his mouth with his new team. And we'll get to it. Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey Upper Beach Podcast. They only get one first impression. Sure. And what's interesting is, despite the fact that the numbers did not change underlying, the first impression of Joe Brady's offensive coordinator for Bills fans, fantastic. Yeah. And Bills fans collectively do not like Ken Dorsey, despite the fact that he was only unemployed for a matter of days after the season ended. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to be watching. These two men that will be linked forever by the job that was taken away and a job that was given. So let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey app. Every your podcast. Uh, he's Ryan Duffy. Hi. My name's Pat Duffy. If you want to get at us on social media, where could you find us, Ryan? You can find us on Instagram and on TikTok at let's.go.duffalo. So we'll get to uh, the Ken Dorsey, Joe Brady stuff in a second, but it's a time for everyone's favorite segment. Let's figure out what's making Ryan sad. Well, now that we're not in uh, regular or postseason football anymore, Got a lot more time on my hands. Sure. A great thing. I shouldn't say it's making me sad. I get to spend more time with my family, do some fun hobbies and activities and things like that. One of those is engaging with some of the people who spend their time with us on said social media platforms okay. uh, that we just talked about. Sure. However, maybe it's because of the, you know, the impact that we're having on the social media landscape mm-hmm. or just our growing listener base, which thank you. But I'm noticing there's a couple, there's a little outset, a little sliver of these people who are just saying mean things. What do you mean? On the internet. Like what? Well, um, you know, I mean, I can, I can get down with, you know, discourse and embracing debate. But when someone leads off a comment directed at me and calls me Cholester Ryan. <laughs> There's there's a few things there. One, <laughs> one, damn you, you clever bastard! I am. And pissed. two, that's just me. I'm pissed. In 37 years, I haven't come up with cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> but it's oh, it's also funny too. It's like I don't know if they're like Bills fans or whatever the case. Like I I said I put up a shut up. It's so mean. It's so nasty. I've never met this person. Yeah, funny. Which what? jokes I knew I had my blood done what six months ago, and I'm healthy as a horse. You showed them. Why does that bother you so much? It doesn't bother oh, me. It obviously bothers you because you brought it up. Oh, one, I think it's funny to talk about okay, it. Okay, but also it hurts you very bad. I would say very bad. It's just a mean thing to say to that someone mean- that you've never met before. Okay, man. Like, welcome to doing a radio show. Great. I don't do a radio show. I no, I, I know everyone can hear. Funny. Um, yeah, no, I'm not. Also mean, okay? <laughs> I'll kick everyone's ass in this room. I, I, okay, I, I will say this, because I've been doing, like, I did stand-up comedy 
from the age of like 15 up until like 23. Oh, when you traveled the country and stuff? Yeah, did Tell that. everyone at every opportunity to get? Did that. But like, you know, I stood on stage and had people just to my face say the meanest effing things possible. Listen, as a as a former stand-up comedian who tra- toured the country with colleges and, and arena clubs shows. And colleges across the country. Clubs and colleges across the country. What is the soup that comes with the unlimited soup and salad. I would ask that every single day when I was whatever city I was in. Sure. And then, you know, moving on to doing radio for the last I don't know, 12, 13, 14 years. Who's counting? Nobody. Um, I forget that people get hurt by things that people say on the internet. Sure. Because, bro, I get 10 of those a day. Oh, okay. Well, Why? How do you let them bother you? you just they don't bother me. They, Brian, I know you. My name is Ryan, not you're, Brian. You're a sensitive little guy, um, and those things bother you. I'm in touch with my emotions, for sure, as I think any healthy human All is. All right, let me ask you this question, and we're an, honest, we're an honest show. Of course. When you read, col- nope. when you read Cholesterol Ryan for the first time... <laughs> <laughs> Was your first reaction like, F you, or was your first reaction to laugh out loud? My first reaction was to laugh out you loud. Lie. No, you I swear lie. To God. You I lie. I swear to God. No, the, the hurt came a little bit after. <laughs> <laughs> no, at first, like, I can appreciate a funny play on words as much as the next the pun enthusiast. like that. I, <laughs> I can appreciate a good play on words as much as the next Listen, pun Listen, I can take a joke just as much as anybody can. No, I mean, the first, like I said, like the first thing I noticed was like, oh, man, that's super clever. That's really funny. But then after it's like, oh, man, that's not nice. Well, maybe this is something you keep in mind when we talk about Bill's players and coaches that you criticize. For example, Ken Dorsey would be one of those guys that got a ton of criticism. Sure. Right. He's a human being, too. Well, I didn't. And his cholesterol looks fine. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. He runs on motor oil and, and honey stingers. So there are two guys getting fresh starts after hiccups in early on their careers, both of them with Buffalo connections. And let's start with the guy who was given the boot. Ken Dorsey, we all know, loses his job halfway through his second season after that Broncos loss in Buffalo. Sure. And since the last time we all got together, he has a new job. Mm. Ken Dorsey was hired as the offensive coordinator for Cleveland Browns. He's actually replacing another guy with Bill's ties, former Buffalo Bills quarterback Alex Van Pelt, who got the job as the Patriots offensive coordinator. Oh. So Dorsey has a hell of a job ahead of him. Because you have a team that underperformed with Deshaun Watson, a quarterback. Yeah. You brought in an 85-year-old man in Joe Flacco and somehow made the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? So Flacco's gone. Comeback player of the year, Joe Flacco. You have to uh, build Deshaun Watson back up. Sure. And you have to do it after getting fired, not being familiar with any of these guys on this new roster. And also keeping him away from the public as much as possible. Well, it's funny you bring that up because I would like to play you the first comments oh, no. that Ken Dorsey made no. as the offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns. He's one of the premier quarterbacks in oh, this Oh, let league. me try this again. This is <laughs> Ken Dorsey talking about no. Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. He's one of the premier quarterbacks in this league, and um, from everything I've, I've heard about him, uh, a really quality human being. So I'm just excited about that opportunity. Everything you heard? Real quality human being. Every, everything you heard about him? Everything I've heard from everybody except for 28 isolated people say that he is 28, right? Something yeah, like that. So it was in the high 20s. <laughs> Do you not have a TV or a radio? 
Probably, or, honestly, or a phone, from what I understand, or a set of ears, <laughs> from, or eyes for which to see. From what I understand of the demands of coordinators and coaches in the NFL, maybe they don't. Maybe they're going from the uh, the coordinators, you okay. know, skybox uh-huh. into the coaching facility and immediately work on a next game. Yeah, no, of course not. I'm gonna play. The, <laughs> let, let me give you the comments one more time. Uh, this is again former Bills, now new Browns offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey on his new quarterback Deshaun Watson. He's one of the premier quarterbacks in this league, and um, from everything I've I've heard about him. Uh, a really quality human being, so I'm just excited about that opportunity. Both of those statements were a lie. He's not a premier quarterback <laughs> in this league. Maybe not anymore. And he's not a great human being. Arguable. No. It's arguable not that he's not. Arguably <laughs> not a good no. Yeah. No. And like his thing, I get I get that as a coordinator, you have to lie. Sure. Uh, up front about the talent of your quarterback because there were coordinators and coaches that were like, yeah, no, we're really excited. That dude sucks. To work with J.P. Lossman. We think he's really going to take the next step forward, right? You could have just stopped with the football stuff. Yeah. Why did you feel the need, Ken Dorsey, to be like, yeah, pretty stand-up guy? Honestly, even if you just said, if you removed, Who like, human being. hasn't had 28 moments of weakness and did terrible... <laughs> despicable alleged things that that were all settled outside of court um i think that if he would have just removed human being and replaced it with teammate i think he would have been perfectly fine if you kept it within the confines of the facility uh-huh. i think you're perfectly fine there otherwise that's a bad look if deshaun watson would have kept it within the confines of the facility he wouldn't be in the situation that he's in right now Hi-yo. well our, well there was a funnel going on from his facility so Maybe you should walk those statements back, Patrick. So past the comments that Dorsey made, Mm -hmm. the one thing that's weird about Dorsey, with a lot of coordinators that get fired, you can point to some of the reasons they got fired that were out of their control. Like with uh, Brian Dable, for example. He didn't get fired. Well, he he did. Uh, So the Bills' job was not his first offensive coordinator job. Oh, okay. You get what I'm saying? Now, what's interesting is Dorsey was a first-time play caller, did not work out. Mm Mm-hmm. Joe Bay, so he's getting a second chance, and people are like, well, why are you giving Ken Dorsey a second chance? Whereas here in Buffalo, the same Bills fans that are wondering why Dorsey's getting a second chance are excited about Joe Brady, who has also won his second chance as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. He was fired out in Carolina. And going back to the point I was making, with a lot of the coordinators that get fired, you can point to reasons that were out of their control. With Brian Dable, he was on some bad teams with very little talent. Mm-hmm. You can make that argument for Joe Brady in Carolina. His first say, yeah, with Matt Rule and the talent on the roster and stuff, I could see why it's a little bit different circumstance with Joe, with uh, than Ken Dorsey. What's surprising about Dorsey getting a job so quickly is he was the offensive coordinator of a Josh Allen-led offense with weapons like Stephon Diggs and James Cook and one of the best offensive lines we've had in years. Mm-hmm. You can't make the argument that his talent let him down. In fact, the eye test shows us that Cook, Shakir, Josh, and Dalton Cade were playing better after he was fired. Hmm. So what I'm trying to figure out is why, after what everybody saw, Cleveland would want him running their offense after you know needing to bring back Watson from this like cave of inconsistency after what you paid him and what you gave up to get him a couple of years ago. Yeah, you make a good point. It's it's as if like you're going from like you know uh, a, a complete sports car dealership, right? You're working sales at Maserati to then taking a lateral move at you know 
Honda, which I drive a Honda, by the way. It's it's a move backwards. It's not a lateral move. I mean, you're going. But in title, I mean, in title. No, it's even there because he's not going to be calling the offense. He's the offense. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Stefanski calls the the Browns. Yeah, Yeah. calls the plays. But that's and that's another point too. Like, I wonder if there's some kind of connection to Stefanski or someone on his coaching staff that like is is you know bringing that in. Like, obviously, they're they're. There is a, a wealth of choices for coordinator positions, way more so than there is for head coaching positions, right? Like, I think, like, you can pluck internally, you can pluck externally from the college ranks, all that stuff. So, obviously, they saw something or see something in Ken Dorsey that is enticing to them. Otherwise, they wouldn't have offered him the job. Uh, but what's that thing, <laughs> you know? Because, to your point... He was working with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and the best offensive line that Josh Allen has had to date. You really had your complete choice of uh, offensive scheme at that point. Obviously, they were able to put up a lot of points at the beginning of the season, but really inconsistent and and uh, subpar toward the end of his tenure. Okay, so that being said, are you excited about Joe Brady taking over the offense? That announcement was made while we were on a little break here. I mean, I'm I, I'm excited for him in that I think he's earned the job. Based on what? Based on the performance that he had for the last, what, six, seven games of the season. So it passed the eye test, and they went on that run. But statistically, offensively, the Bills were slightly worse under Brady calling the plays than Dorsey. Yeah, I I, I, I didn't realize that. but ha! Yeah, I did not know yeah. that. Okay, cool. I trust your, your words that you have on a paper or whatever the case, nerd. But, um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Just I think most Bills fans would agree with me. That it was a there was a change in the either the way the team was playing or the sustained drives okay. or just the game plans in general. Fair enough, but when it comes yeah. to numbers, I mean, and that's what's so funny about this is no, I agree with you as we sit here and go, why would the Browns give Ken Dorsey a job after you know what happened to Buffalo? I agree with that statement, mm-hmm. and I'm also excited for Joe Brady to be able to take over full time. But if we're using the logic of why does Ken Dorsey get a job? We shouldn't be excited about Joe Brady taking over. Well, I don't know. What do I know? Should the Bills have gone outside the franchise to at least interview somebody before they hired Joe Brady? Well, they did, didn't they? Who? Um, who did? Okay, yeah, they they satisfied the Rooney rule, is what they. Oh did. no, I'm. Oh, maybe yeah, for sure. But like, also too, I think like for those who don't know the Rooney rule, you have to uh, interview minority candidates for big time coaching positions. I believe it's head coach and coordinator and coordinator positions, positions before you can make a hire. Yeah, and they interviewed Thad Lewis, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, former Buffalo Bill Thad Lewis the third. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I think that he has earned it. You know, uh, Joe Joe Brady, based off of how he ended last season. He, they lost in the divisional, which is what Ken Dorsey did the year before. But not for a lack of uh, offense. Like, they hung with the Chiefs the entire time. Okay. I mean, honestly, look at the defense, baby. No, and look, I, yeah, and the defense was decimated by injury. Look, I'm not saying that Joe Brady won't get the job done. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying if we're using the logic and judgment here, it doesn't make sense that we go, oh, Ken Dorsey, <laughs> God, this Joe Brady's got a lot going well, for oh, Of course, but, like, you can point to the 2021 season, 2022 season, Ken Dorsey's first season. Sure. And like the the Bills at the beginning of that season too started off really well and then had a, a significant drop off at the second half of the season, limped into the playoffs, so to speak, you know? Um, but I don't know if every, everyone was like truly like what's wrong with the Bills offense, I okay. guess, at that point. And like obviously Josh had the the elbow injury. Like there were a lot of variables at that point. I think like I'm not kinging. Joe Brady is like the next potential head coach hire like many did. And rightfully so, I guess for Brian Dable toward the end of his bills tenure, 
but I'm happy with the decision that they made. He earned it. He earned the job to like for him to lose it. So you, know? you don't think that McDermott doesn't have a problem trusting people outside the franchise? Because every hire he makes, promotion, because they hired Bobby Babich as Bobby. the defensive coordinator. That's a guy who's been with McDermott for years. Mm-hmm. He brought him up. His dad yeah. was with McDermott for years. I think you want to hire. Or you want to keep your attrition rate low. You know, like you want to keep people that. You oh no, but his attrition up. rate is high. People are leaving. He just only promotes from the inside. McDermott only promotes from the inside. Well, you can't get any higher. Than, uh, than the head, like he's not going to be like, I'm going to give him the head coaching. Role. No, my point is there are head coaches that make great coordinators that get fired every year that yeah. you can turn around and hire as a coordinator immediately. It happens all the time. It just happened with Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer, head coach of the Vikings, turns around, gets a job as the defensive coordinator of the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Second reddest face in NFL coaching <laughs> history, only behind Tom, behind Tom Coughlin. Where's Brian Dable? He's got a whole red head. Oh, red head's different than red face. Definitely way different. Like, Sean McDermott, we know he likes control. Yeah. Right? And, I mean, look, the success that he's had, you can't really argue with, minus, you know, being able to close out big games. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you wouldn't want to see what it would look like if you had another name, like an offensive Leslie Frazier? Because even Leslie Frazier, who had head coaching experience, who McDermott brought in, resigned before the end of last, before the beginning of last season. Was that uh, uh, fair enough? But no, like, I, I, look, Frazier said it was a legitimate resignation, but look, that stuff doesn't just happen out of nowhere. Sure. Oh, of course, Frazier's going to say it's a legitimate. He's not. He's not going to be the one to be like, well, they actually asked for my resignation and gave me the option to do mm. it. You know, I meant he didn't say like I didn't want to work with Sean McDermott anymore. He just said he needed a break. Okay, yeah. whether or not that's true. Yeah, I, and that's that's neither here nor there. I guess like, it, oh no, it's you, both here and there, depending oh on God, what happens. I hate you, dude. Oh you're just God, funny. you're like my kids, dude. Oh like everything, like, like oh literally, no. I could you say the same thing you were doing a second ago. I with could me. say oh the sky no. is blue, and oh. they'd be like, "No, it's green." Well, right now it's black because it's dark. It's nighttime. I hate you so much. The um and now to your point, like yeah, maybe McDermott doesn't hire outside of the organization for high profile jobs. But like, you know, they obviously brought in, um, leaving it, he well, leaves yeah, it to the you coordinators. Can't, you can't hire the janitor to run your safety. He's well, like, of eventually course, but like, obviously point. Joe Brady came from outside of the organization. That's karma right there. You almost fell out of your chair. Um, the Joe Brady comes from outside of the organization. Um, uh, he worked with him in Carolina though. Okay. But, but my point is that like, it's not as like, I, I like the idea. I, okay. Do I think that Sean McDermott is a control freak that is going to only promote high profile, high promote into high profile positions, people that have been previously on his staff or he has a connection with? Yes, undoubtedly so. But I also like the idea that he is empowering his coordinators to bring in the people that they think is best for the job. Okay. Didn't work well with Dorsey. Yeah, you missed some. What are you going to do? Okay. Didn't work well with Rico Dennison. Didn't work well with Leslie Frazier at the end. Well, I mean, Frazier came in with him, didn't he? No, 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 no. There was somebody else calling. No, no, no he was. He was. Yeah, day he was one. the first one. Yeah. I was thinking of the offensive coordinator. I mean, so we're gonna find out soon. And I mean, you go over two. Now you have a legitimate problem. It may not be the coach for much longer. Sure. Uh, all right. So normally this is where we recap the uh, upcoming game, but we have like months, and we also don't know who the first game's gonna be against. Uh-huh. But Ryan has a new idea Ooh. to recap the season, not in a statistical way, mm. but in a celebration way. Sure. In an awards way, because you have categories we're gonna go through. Oh, because life is a celebration. The first annual Duffaloes. Very prestigious. Next to the break. Nope. Next, let's go Duffalo. Wow, you look like an idiot. The Odyssey, well, I'm sorry, because I have a real job. Yeah, right. I'm in radio. <laughs> the Odyssey of Your Podcast.
With another season come and gone, we saw great things, we saw not so great things, but we need to figure out which were the best. Sure. And the only way to do that was with a legit, amazing, prestigious award show. Mm -hmm. And thank God... Ryan has got so much time on his hands, mm-hmm. he's managed to pull that together. Well, I am just one part of this this operation here, you know. I'm not going to take credit for everything. You know, obviously, you have to put in your, what, couple hours, right? Mm-hmm. Couple, you know, Under an hour's worth of work for this show. Um, so, yeah, you know, but, you know, the ship sails together. That's a term I just made up. You know, you don't have to say words. You don't have to say all the words. I'm coming to realize that. So I'm just. Oh, you've heard yourself talking back. Yeah. 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 Fix that. It's called word economy. There's um, not even. Stupid. No, I'm just observing in my own life. Yeah. That I can cap off sentences sooner. You're still still doing it. Rather than later. Still doing it. But I feel like if I stop talking, I might die. Let's go Duffalo, the Odyssey app, where we get your podcast. Uh, to celebrate the things we've seen the last year with all things involving the Bills and football, Ryan, you came up with a way to do that. I did. I did. And it's an important thing to uh, for us to highlight the good that we got out of this season. It may have ended on a poor note, but there was some good here, and I, I'd like to discuss it with the team. So, ladies and gentlemen, we present to you the first annual... <coughs> Duffaloes. Now, Ryan, what are the Duffaloes? The Duffaloes are an annual award that we hand out to three main categories that are ever rotating. You never know what's going to come up. But this year, we have three top tier categories with several nominees. And I'd like to get your thoughts on each one of these nominees in these categories as we cover them. Okay. What is our first category? You're not going to play that the whole time? Oh, that was so cool. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the first annual. You just did the <laughs> we intro, just did you that, <laughs> What's the first category? The first category in the first annual Duffaloes is Appetizer of the Year. The I nom- hate this so much. The nominees. And the impetus of this category is for all the appetizers that we got to eat when we were together. Don't throw that. When we were together watching the games. First nominee, Chicken Wing Dip. That I think your wife brought. Yep. It was good. Brought to my house. Uh Uh-huh. The next nominee, Tully's Chicken Tenders from your friend Jimmy. (laughs) Because Jimmy doesn't have time to make anything. He's just going to go. Now, granted, Tully's Tenders are top-tier tenders. Say that 10 times fast. He only brings things from Tully's, too. Yeah, it's great. Not anything else. I forget about it, and like every time he brings them, I'm like, oh, Jimmy's here. Heck yeah. And the final nominee for this category, my wife's Artichoke Dip. Okay. So we have three contenders for the category. Yeah. What are your thoughts? What do you think about this year's nominees? Um, I mean, look, I, I know homemade is always good. Sure. I really like Telly's tenders. Of and course. I won't get myself Telly's tenders because I'm a guy who only eats wings. I won't eat chicken tenders because that makes you a bitch. Wow. Okay. But in the privacy of my own home, I will enjoy a Tully's chicken tender. Tully's is known. For, first of all, we're not sponsored by Tully's, FYI. Yeah, I don't think anybody. I don't want the integrity of this show to be compromised. And also, their the integrity of their wings is top, or their tenders is no, top No, 10. I heard that Tully's was thinking about sponsoring this show, but then they heard you talking, and then they turned off the show, came back five days later, and you were still talking. Just so they wait. Not to. <laughs> Just wait. The uh, podcast continued to play. <laughs> you couldn't even not talk while I was insulting you. So we have a winner, Ryan? We do. The winner of Appetizer of the Year is My Wife's Artichoke Dip. 
This is Ryan's Wife's Artichoke Dips first nomination and first win. It turns out, because I had to make this dip, first of all, everyone seems to love this dip. It was dynamite. Right. It was amazing. Everyone loves it. It's great. I've never seen it made before. So when my wife was having friends over, she asked me, hey, do you mind making the artichoke dip? And I said, heck yeah. Now I get to know what goes into it. You know what goes in that artichoke dip? What? A cup of mayonnaise. Yeah, that makes sense now that you say that. A cup of mayonnaise, a cup of parm cheese, and a can of artichokes. I wish you would have told me that before I ate that. Not, I wish I would have known too. It's mayonnaise. It's artichoke mayonnaise is what it is. And people put crackers in it and eat it. And I told her that. I said, there, where's the cheese? Like, what else is in here? He goes, that's it. It's just three things. It's easy. Wait just a minute, mix wait them a up together. So wait, the winner of the appetizer of the year is artichokes and mayonnaise? But it slaps. You know it slaps because you had it. And you said, I remember you saying from around the corner, who made this artichoke it mayonnaise? Was mad, it was made good. I'm never going to touch it again now that you told me that. <laughs> All right. What is our second category? Second category in this year's Duffalo's is best game day fit. Okay. Now, those who follow us on Instagram and on TikTok will notice that we will review the game day fits of the B- Buffalo Bills players entering the stadium. You will. You will review them. We as a team and as a podcast will re- will review the look and attire and full uh, wardrobe outfit that the players will wear as they enter the facility for game day. And the nominees this season uh, uh, today are Tyler Matikavich in his Yukon Cornelius getup. Tyrell Dodson donning a Matt Milano jersey. And Stefan Diggs's full denim onesie for some reason with pockets on the on the breast. Okay. And the winner this year is... Wait, you're not going to ask... Wait, did you just sit double... Oh, what? Do you have any input? So the Bills were recently named the 10th most fashionable team by fashion experts at BoohooMan.com. Oh, at BoohooMan.com? Never heard of that website, but they sent me an email telling me this last week. Okay. Uh, they cited. Thank Steph- you. Thank you to the to the team at BoohooMan.com. By the way, don't go to that website because I didn't, and that could be like the worst pornography you've ever seen in your life. Is it? Oh, it's .org. <laughs> I don't look. If if BoohooMan.com is pornography, it's got to be terrible pornography. BoohooMan.gov. Uh, so they cited Diggs as the man that made the biggest difference for the team, but their favorite outfit wasn't the old denim getup you brought up. Okay. It was the pink fleece jacket paired with matching pink fleece pants. Hmm. And they also talk about Steph Diggs's uh, appearances at Fashion Week. Sure. Listen, I don't understand high fashion, so I'm not here to criticize. I'm not Cam Newton. I don't know anything about this. But when I see a good fit, I know a good fit. All right. So our winner is? The winner of this year's best game day fit is Stefan Diggs with his full denim double-breasted pocket onesie. This is Stefan Diggs' first nomination and first win. And here to accept the award on Stefan Diggs's behalf is Patrick Duffy. I'm not. I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to fashion. I can't tell if Stefan Diggs like it's funny. Everything Stefan Diggs wears, I can't tell if it costs ten dollars or ten thousand dollars because it could go either way right now. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you'll be like, yeah, I found this at a thrift store and this is great. And like, look, I'll give Stefan Diggs credit for one thing. It takes balls to wear what he wears on a daily basis. Agree. It would also be very funny if in, like, the end of his career, he was like, no, nah, I'm not into fashion. I was just trolling all you guys the whole time to see what you'd say was okay. I mean, I think no matter what you wear, if, you, if you're if you wearing it as you step out of a G-Wagon, people are going to be like, that looks really good. But he's also so small because he's a little guy compared to everybody else, sure. right? Yeah. He looks like he's wearing doll clothing. Doll clothing. Like he got it at Carter's? 
or American Girl. The American Girl. He looks yeah. He looks like an American Girl doll. Like that looks like a combination of things like my girls would have put on at three years old. Like I got a pink fleece and a pink pair of pants and denim and a necklace. Right. It's like Fancy Nancy. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So uh, we have one final category for the uh, first annual Duffaloes. Yes. The final category we have is Josh of the Year. Josh of the Year. Josh of the Year. There's not a runaway for Josh of the Year. Well, it's a highly contested category this year. And the nominees are Joshua Patrick Allen. You mean the guy who had the most touchdowns in the NFL this season? Quarterback of the Buffalo Bills and second place MVP. Okay. Josh McDaniels, former head coach of the... Las Vegas Raiders. Okay. I almost said Oakland Raiders. Okay. By the way, pretty quick fall off for Josh is there. Josh McDaniels. Okay. And the final entry in this category, final nominee, Josh Whitney. Who's Josh Whitney? Josh Whitney is a listener of the show. You want to talk about ultimate fall off from Josh Allen to firehead coach to Josh nobody else knows. Whitney is his last name. Josh Whitney. Why do? What is special about Josh Whitney? He's a listener of the show. And those who spend their time with us when they're, what, going for a jog, driving to work, no, on the you, toilet, whatever they're doing. You can't listen to this while you go on a jog because it'll affect your cholesterol. Probably. Yeah. You should see a doctor. Um, it's important for us to highlight the people that spend their time with us. Okay, so. That's why Josh Whitney is this, this year's entrance, uh, final entrant, a nominee to Josh of the Year. Okay, so you have three Joshes, one that was second MVP voting and had yep. the most touchdowns in uh, the NFL this year, one who was fired and his team actually did better after he was gone, and a guy that nobody's ever heard of. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, I'm pretty sure this is a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Who's the Josh of the Year? And you should have got drum roll is what you should have done. There's no drum roll in any award show. The jo This year's Josh of the of the Year award got that? goes to Josh Whitney, listener of the show. This is Josh's first win. Nomination. Nomination and, and win. you didn't do it in the deep voice. This is Josh's first win. Nomination. nomination. God, you suck so hard he at this. He won the category. He didn't win anything. Wait, when someone wins an Oscar, they don't say, this is his yes, first nomination. Yes, they do, actually. As they're going to the stage, they go, this is their third nomination and first win. Yes, okay, they do. That's why is, I did that, you idiot. This is his first nomination okay. and first win and pass more. a Bills-centric podcast. Yeah, Josh is a big Bills fan. Do you know this kid? Personally? Yeah. yeah, no, he's a good you friend. You picked a guy you know personally? He's Josh, Josh of the Year. Of the don't year? talk about Josh of the oh Year like God. that. Not cool. But seriously, Josh, thanks for listening to the show. Are you seriously just name-dropping friends on our podcast? Well, now? first of all, why else would I do this? It's so fun to get a rise out of the people that I know. And two, I mean it. Josh Whitney earned. We have hundreds earned, of people that listen to this. He earned Josh of the Year. By doing what? By spending his time listening to our show and us talk about stupid garbage. Literally every other single person... Could have won fill-in name of the year. Well, next year, if we have a McKenzie of the year or a Steven of the year or a Jordash of the year. Jo we know a Jordash? Probably. No, we don't. <laughs> and you, a you, Matthias of the year, our glister in Sweden, an international winner of uh, <laughs> for the international category. Go back. There we go. We have one nominee, and his name is Matthias. And the winner! Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this show's so dumb. At least with games, like, I can keep you on a rail. Sure. But now it's all brain. Now I'm just going. 
All right. So the upcoming events we have here. Yeah. We're just a week or two, what, two weeks away from what they call the legal tampering period for free agency of the NFL. It's such a like a horrible name to put. Like I understand, but it's just like the legal tampering period. Why not just move the opening of free agency up to that point? <laughs> Seriously. Like what's keeping that from happening, right? Yeah. Like, okay, we agreed to a deal. The deal is done. So that'll be coming up. I would imagine, as we talked about, like Gabe Davis will be off the board real quick. It'll be interesting to see what happens with AJ Epinesa, Bill's defensive end. Yep. Because... He's a guy that came on last year. He's probably going to get paid more than we think just because of the price of defensive ends. Sure. Leonard Floyd is another guy I want to keep an eye on. Sure. Because he said he's going where the money is, but is there going to be a market for a 32-year-old defensive end who had a bounce back year? Yeah. I would love to have him back. I mean, they had him on such a cheap deal as it is, and because of the way That wasn't as cheap as you think. It was cheap compared to the production. To the production, fair enough. And he also faded down the stretch, which might help the Bills be able to resign him. But then again, you have to wonder, do you want to bring back a guy who faded on the stretch? Excuse me. Yeah, but I also think, too, like... Obviously, whatever kludgy math can be done with the the salary cap, like, you can always make something work if you really want to. Salary cap's not real. I know you say that. But my point is that, like, it's only going to get worse than it was from this season with Josh's contract, Stephon Diggs's contract, Von Miller's contract. Everyone has the uh, uh, Matt Milano's money. Like, there's a lot of, uh, you know, money tied up. So whatever deal that they got Leonard Floyd on, it's going to have to be even lower if they're going to have to adhere to no, the salary I mean, Ryan, cap. They're going to go and they're going to make adjustments to, like, five major of stars' contracts. Oh, well, we're 50 over all of a sudden. We got $40 million. Look how that happened. Look at that. Look at that. Delete, delete, delete. Also, I really hope we don't have to have this discussion next time we get together. What's up? Trey White. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you're looking to save money, he's a cap casualty. You can get out from under that contract, and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. But he's also the first ever draft pick of Sean McDermott. Yeah. That that would be... Two a, major knee surgeries. That would be a truly, truly horrible day for for him. To, like Because I think it's, it's entirely likely, you know, like... That they may have to, you know, move on from him. And that would just be, that would be heartbreaking. McDermott's loyal. He's yeah. loyal sometimes to a fault. You mean so, like 19 interceptions passed when someone should have been yes, released? Exactly. From the team? No, but I heard that, you know, if he hadn't thrown <laughs> five interceptions in his first start, two in the quarter that he played in the second one, three in the half that he played when he started opening day, maybe he could have had a career. Yeah, maybe. Oh, hold um, on. We have one more nominee. We have one more. Uh, Oh, what's that? One more category. Surprise nomination category? Stupid jackass moron of the year. All it says here is Pat four times. Yeah, you. you runaway category with that one. <laughs> Got that? Nailed it. Um, yeah, I mean, you make a good point as far as... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you suck so bad. Um, yeah, I mean, you make a good point with McDermott being loyal, you know. Um, maybe you do see Trey White back. I would love to see him back. But, like, I battle with these these two, like, angels. And, I and, battle. I, I, with these two, like, different, differing opinions on my shoulder. Like, one is, like, the, Trey White is a teammate's teammate. The first ever pick of the McDermott era. Like, he is, he is a cornerstone, literally a cornerstone of the defense that has been built up. But on the other side of it, it's like, yeah, he's had two major knee surgeries or two major lower body yeah, surgeries, surgeries yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and and that's a lot to come back from and and demand the amount of money that that you're on the hook for, you know. Look, I'll, I'll say this, and we're running out of time, so we got to move. Just something to chew on before we see each other again, and maybe this is what comes up. If Trey White's gone, as much as it hurts, it's okay. You now have the corner depth. Douglas is coming back. Benford looks like he's the guy, right? Uh, Dane Jackson is still performing well. And Kyrie Elam looks like he's going to be here next year, hopefully taking a step forward. Mm-hmm. If Trey White comes back and they lose Micah Hyde, I think you see Benford as a safety next year. 
Interesting. I mean, it was something they kicked around doing in the offseason. Yeah. I said, chew, because we are out of time. Mm. And if there's one thing you're good at, it's chewing. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He doesn't chew. And killing time. He eats like a duck. Nice. Pelican. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to find us on. uh, This has been a fun show for my self esteem. No, you're doing great. (laughs) Nice. Uh, if you want to find us on social media, Ryan, one more time, we're going to get us. You can find us on TikTok and on Instagram at let's.go.duffalo. His name's Ryan Duffy. Bye. My name's Pat Duffy. We'll see you again in about two weeks. Like I said, we'll be trying to keep two-week gaps between the show and the offseason just sure. so you don't get sick of us. And there's only so much to talk about bills-wise, guys. Right. But the next one, we should have some free agency stuff and draft, and it's exciting. Woo! And before we go, as we do every single week, Go Bills! Go Bills!